0: Uh, Good morning, everybody. I wonder how much better could your life be if you actually had holy, healthy, and happy relationships, especially in your family. Uh, This week, Pastor Chad has asked us to focus on the relationships of the child, no matter how old that child might be, to the parents. So we're going to start with one of the most famous of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So how are you doing honoring your father and mother? What I want us to do today is I want us to plot where you might be today. So you're ready for a little spiritual math. We're going to do the X axis and the Y axis today. So um, honoring your parents... Um, this is the, uh, the y-axis, y to the sky. So you could either be down here in the negative zone, you're dishonoring your parents, or you could be in the positive zone, honoring your parents, and you're probably somewhere on this continuum, right? But how do our parents act toward us? <laughs> sometimes we might have dishonorable parents, and sometimes we might have honorable parents, and your parents are probably somewhere on the line. Now, the question is, um, where are you? What quadrant do you live in? And sadly, some of us are down here in this quadrant, right? Your parents were kind of dishonorable, and you're dishonoring back to them. And, you know, uh, that's a sad deal if that's where you're living. And then also, we could be in this quadrant. You had honorable parents, but you're actually dishonoring them. And that's a very sad thing, too, especially for the mom and the dad. Uh, Now, here's the thing. God wants us to live above the line. He wants us to live up. And so the reality is you may have had dishonorable parents, but you're still supposed to honor them in some way. You've got to figure that out. And maybe that means you're building healthy boundaries. Maybe that means you're not going to let them manipulate you. You're not going to let them uh, act like a child or a spoiled person. But really, God's design is that we live here, where you have honorable parents, and you're actually honoring them. So what quadrant are you actually in today? Well, see, what God wants is for us to live above the line. And so we're going to talk about what that actually looks like. Uh, So open your Bibles today to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. And we're going to focus primarily on two verses, and I've asked for some help today to teach all of you our main verses for today so what we're going to do is we're going to use some um, hand signals and we're actually going to go phrase by phrase okay so um, I know you're comfortable and all that stuff but put your Bible down put your notes down and would you stand up some of you came from a religious environment where we stand up sit down stand up sit down and salute and all that (laughs) so let's just go there right so we're gonna do the hand signals okay so just let your inner child come out here So, here's the first one. Hear, my son, your father's instruction. Got it? All right, say it with me. Hear, my son, your father's instruction. Now, we're going to add a little phrase. And do not forsake your mother's teaching. All right? You don't have to say it like that. But (laughs) do not forsake your mother's teaching. All right, let's put it together. Hear, my son, your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching for they are a graceful garland for your head. Now, I need that, right? Some of us <laughs> follicly challenged people need that. I need a, so, let's put it all together. Hear, my son, your father's instruction and do not despise your... Or do not forsake, excuse me... <laughs> Your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head. One more phrase, just one more. And pendants around your neck. All right, so here we go. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. All right, give yourself a round of applause. Give these guys a round of applause. You learned a verse today. Okay, you can have a seat. All right, we're going to hang out there today. Um, But what I want to do first is I want to explain the verse before Proverbs 1, verses 8 and 9, because it sets the context. And then I'll seek to explain verses 8 and 9. So here's the verse before. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, you see, the foundation and the theme for a father's instruction and the foundation and the theme for a mother's teaching is the fear of God. Because you see, fearing God, reverencing God, standing in awe of God, trusting in God, this is what families are for. And if you don't get that right in your home, everything else is going to be wrong. So if you think about it, this is what all the family fun is supposed to be about, reverencing God. This is what all the teaching, the modeling, and the instructing, and the discipline is all about in the home. It's to point people to the fear of God because that's the beginning of wisdom. Now, what flows out of this reverence and respect and awe of God? Well, we're ready for verse 8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So don't miss this. The father is an instructor. And the mother is a teacher. Therefore, the family is a school. The family is the place where the next generation learns how to live. So you learn how to walk, talk, and eat at home, right? And you're supposed to learn courtesy and gratitude and respect at home. And you're supposed to learn to love Jesus at home. And that's the responsibility of the moms and the dads to be instructors and teachers for all of that. So the family is God's school for teaching the next generation how to live in this world, and how to prepare for the next world. So, under God, fathers and mothers have the responsibility for family instruction. Now, kids in the room here today, kids, here's what this means. You need to listen to your mom and dad. Every son, every daughter at home is to hear instruction. Hear it at home. And then when you're away from home, don't forsake your mother's teaching. Don't forget what you've learned. Take it with you out of the house. Now, next comes what I consider to be a surprising promise. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Now, the graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck, more than just crowns and jewelry here. It's symbolic, right? They represent honor and authority. In the Old Testament, you see the king of Egypt give Joseph a position of honor, and with that, he gave him a gold necklace. Uh, You see the king of Babylon later honoring Daniel, and he gives him a necklace of gold. So this is a thing that is honorable. The the Bible scholar Matthew Henry says this, these are badges of first-rate honors. Let us value them and let us be ambitious of them. So the idea is like, I want... The graceful garland. I want the pendant around my neck. Another scholar says that the garland and the chain are adornments of wisdom and symbolize health and prosperity. So the idea here, big picture, those who honor their parents are promised that they will be honored in some way, somehow, themselves. If you will honor... That was a dad that just said amen. If you will honor your parents by hearing your father's instruction... And not forsaking your mother's teaching, then you will be honored, figuratively speaking, with a graceful garland and a pendant. So, you wanna be honored somehow, some way, someday? You wanna grow in your leadership influence? Then start right here. Hear my son, your father's instruction. Now, do not forsake your mother's teaching, for there will be a graceful garland for your head and penance for your neck. God honors us when we honor our parents. And maybe the reason some of us are kind of Like stuck in life, we're not advancing, is because you fail to follow this simple principle. Maybe you're simply not fearing God and you're not honoring your parents. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. It is foundational for our society. Now, what does honoring parents look like? What is a, a child's responsibility to his mom, to her dad? What, what does this re- how does this relationship change as we grow through various life stages? And what does it look like even if our parents have died? Well, to help us answer these questions, we're going to look at our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to gaze at his beauty. We're going to gaze at his perfection. So we're going to study his relationship with his earthly father and his mother in four stages in his life. So I got four snapshots from the life of Christ to learn how to honor our parents. Here's the first one. A childlike submission. A childlike submission. Jesus is 12. He's traveled with his family and a large group from his hometown, Nazareth, to the big city, Jerusalem, to go to a religious festival. So they worshiped, they celebrated, they ate, they sacrificed. Finally, it's time to go back home. And so this large group of people go back home To Nazareth, from Jerusalem, Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, and Mary think that Jesus is with the large group. But he stays behind in the temple, and he's talking with the religious leaders. Now, it takes a while, but finally Joseph and Mary realize Jesus is not with the group. Where's our 12-year-old kid? So they're frantic. So they rush back to where they'd seen him last, and they find him in the temple, and he's discussing the Bible, he's discussing God, he's discussing theology with the wisest people in all the land. And his mother says, young man, why have you done this to us? Don't you realize that we've been frantic with worry? And he goes, well, why are you looking for me? Didn't you know I had to be here taking care of my father's business? Now I want you to see Luke 2.51. And he went down with them from Jerusalem and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. So submissive. Now, kids, in case you didn't know, that means obey, right? Jesus submitted to his earthly father and mother. Even though he was God, and even though at age 12, he had supernatural insight, discernment, and wisdom that he stunned people, he still obeyed his father and mother. And if Jesus, who was God, had to obey his father and mother. How much more do you as a child need to obey your father and mother? I think he had just a little bit more smarts than you. So children and teenagers, the way you honor your father and mother is through obedience. Just do what they say. Obey them. And this is not obeying with an attitude. I got another amen from the same dad. Are you going to say amen the whole sermon? You know your kids are sitting right next to you. (laughs) It's not like a little boy in the high chair who's like to stand up in the high chair. And his mother and father made him sit down. So he said, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. (laughs) That's not the kind of obedience we're talking about. And by the way, if you're a teen or a 20-something and you're still living under your mother and father's roof, and they're still paying some of your bills, guess what? Obey. Still. If you're asked to vacuum, vacuum. If you're asked to wash the dishes, wash the dishes. If you're asked to cut the grass, cut the grass. If you're asked to clean the room, clean it. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's commandment, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always, and tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you're awake, they will talk with you. If you ever wonder why no one seems to notice you, why you kind of feel left out and left behind, why you're never picked, why you're never prized, it's because you've got no graceful garland. You've got no pendants around your neck. And could it be because you've not had a childlike submission? First snapshot from the life of Christ. It's childlike submission. Second snapshot. A servant-hearted response. A servant-hearted response. So fast forward 18 years. Jesus is probably about 30 now. Jesus has launched his public ministry. It's early in the ministry. He's at a wedding party. And the family at the wedding party, they've run out of wine. So Mary, the mother of Jesus, is there, and uh, she doesn't know what he would do, but she does know her son Jesus can do something to help. So she approaches Jesus, and she asks him to do something about the problem. This is John chapter 2. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Obviously, Jesus is reluctant. I mean, woman, this isn't the right time, he says. Now, at first, when we hear those words with our Western ears, we think Jesus is being disrespectful. You kids don't ever call your mom, hey, woman. (laughs) Not a good idea. And this could actually be translated, it might be better translated, dear woman. Now, you can try that out sometime. So Mary's undaunted with Jesus' response, and here's what she says. His his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. She knows he's going to (laughs) act. So Jesus performs his first miracle there. He turns water into wine, and the wine is amazing. And, And the host says, everybody I know begins with the finest wines, and after the guests have had their fill and they get a little tipsy, Then they bring in the cheap stuff, but you have saved the best till last. Now, think with me. Jesus didn't have to obey his mother here because he's a grown man. Yet he honors his mother by responding to her with a servant's heart, a servant-hearted response. Now, as we read this story, you get the clear feeling that this is not something that Jesus wanted to do as a first priority. But he set aside his agenda to serve not only the wedding party, but the wishes of his mother. Proverbs 23, 25. Let your father and your mother be glad about you and about the way you're living. And let her rejoice who gave you birth. I mean, you might not be a child here. You might not be a teen here or a 20-something here, and you're still living at home, and therefore you have to obey. Maybe you're here and you're 30 or 40 or 50. Remember, the command for you to honor your father and mother still applies. It doesn't go away. It's still in the list of 10, even if you're 50. And sometimes one of the best ways to do that is just maintain a servant's heart and respond to some need that is expressed by your parents. So have you moved out of your parents' house? Good. Good. You're no longer commanded to obey your parents at that point. But you are commanded to honor your parents. So remember them. Call them. Respect them. Serve them. Help them. Listen, if you ever wonder why no one seems to notice you, why you're kind of left out, left behind, why you're never promoted, why you're never prized, it could be because you've got no graceful garland. You've got no pendant around your neck because you haven't lived out a servant Hearted response to your mom and dad. A childlike submission, a servant-hearted response. Here's the third snapshot from the life of Christ. A kingdom-first focus. A kingdom-first focus. Now, later in Jesus' earthly ministry, maybe somewhere in the middle, Jesus is about 31 or 32. He's been traveling a lot. He's been on the road. And he even said, I'm traveling so much, I have... No pillow where to lay my head. He's been teaching. He's been leading. He's been discipling. He's been healing. And he is so passionate about serving his Father in heaven that some members of his family actually thought he was a little nuts. Uh, This guy's crazy. He's overzealous. He's, He's too wild for Jesus. So Jesus is somewhere in a house teaching and training, healing and helping. His family, including his mother, show up. They can't get inside, so they send one from the outside to the inside to get his attention. And they say, your your mother and your brothers are outside. This is Matthew chapter 12. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? (laughs) And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now again, you read that and you go, that doesn't sound respectful. That doesn't sound honoring. What's going on here? It may sound uncaring, but it's not. Here's why. Jesus' earthly father and his mother had raised him to put God the Father and the kingdom of God first. Even before the family. See, we honor our parents best when we honor God most. So for followers of Jesus, it can't be family first. It has to be Jesus first. You know, I asked Pastor Chad a few days ago, would your mother prefer you being in California serving Christ or here in Ohio serving Christ? And of course, I knew the answer to that. And you know the answer to that. His mother would love for the Allen family to be in California so she could be close to her son, close to her daughter-in-law, close to her grandkids. But to follow Christ, the Allen family made a decision to put the kingdom of God first. And aren't we glad he did? Even if it means disappointing a mother in the short term. Because I believe that one day in heaven, I am sure Chad's mom will be eternally glad that her son chose to have a kingdom-first focus. Now, I don't know what this might look like for you. I know lots of people here who have upset moms and dads simply because they decided, I'm going to get baptized. And if it gets mom mad, I'm still going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to get baptized. Some of you attend this church and not your mom and dad's church because you're convinced this is a better place for you to learn about Jesus and to follow Jesus. And some of you here might be called to go to a mission field someday at the displeasure of your mom and dad Because you want to honor Christ. See, if you please God, it doesn't matter who you displease, even if you displease your mom or your dad. Sometimes following Jesus will disappoint parents in the short term. But never forget, we honor our parents best in the long term when we honor Jesus first. Listen to Matthew 19. This is Jesus speaking. He says, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands, for my sake, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. If you've ever wondered why somebody doesn't notice you, if you ever wonder why you've been left out, left behind, if you ever wonder, why am I not being picked? Why am I not being prized? Maybe it's because you don't have a graceful garland for your head, Repent it for your neck, because you've not lived out a kingdom first focus, a childlike submission, a servant hearted response, a kingdom first focus, and here's our last one, a caregiver's provision, a caregiver's provision. Jesus is at the end of his earthly ministry. Maybe now he's about 33, and he's hanging on the cross where he's dying in our place for our sins. He has just suffered the greatest abuse. In all the universe. He is performing the most monumental act of love. He is suffering excruciating pain. And yet in his extremity. He still finds place in his heart. To show love and compassion and concern for his mother. She's older now. And all the evidence points to the fact that she's a widow. Joseph. Jesus' earthly father. Probably died some years before. And as the oldest sibling, Jesus has the responsibility to care for his mother in her old age. But after his death, who's going to assume responsibility? So Jesus looks down from his cross and he sees his mother with one of his followers, John, the disciple whom John says Jesus loved. Think about it. Jesus only made... Seven statements from the cross. Things like, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Things like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Things like, today you will be with me in paradise. Things like, it is finished. And I think it's significant that among all of the cosmic shaking, eternity changing, and destiny shaping, words from the cross were these words. mother, behold your son. And son, behold your mother. Look at John 19, standing by the cross of Jesus, where his mother and his sister's mother, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple, whom he loved, standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. What's going on? Jesus made sure that his mother would receive care in her old age from one of his closest friends. Will you embrace your responsibility to care for your parents when they are old? Proverbs 23:22, "Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old." You know, Jesus once criticized in a very sharp and strong way, some religious leaders who gave their money to the Lord's work and then failed to care for their aging parents financially. This is in Mark 7. Jesus speaking, Moses gave you, religious leaders, this law from God, honor your father and mother, but you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. Jesus is not a fan of disregarding needy parents. Later, the great leader Paul taught his ministry protege Timothy to teach the church about this caregiver's provision. 1 Timothy 5, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Will you take care of your aging parents? I don't know what that looks like for you. But will you do it? If you ever wonder why nobody seems to notice you, why you're left out, you're left behind, why you're never picked, why you're never prized, it could be because you have forfeited the graceful garland around your head and the pendant around your neck because you have not truly lived out a caregiver's provision. Some of us are in that stage of life right now and frankly you're kind of ticked about it. And it is an inestimable privilege to be able to do that for a mom or a dad. A childlike submission, a servant-hearted response, a kingdom-first focus, a caregiver's provision. I wonder, why did God bring you here today? What did God want you to hear most today? Which of these four, if you put it to practice, will help you live up, will help you live above the line will help you honor your father and mother so that you receive honor and authority in some way. You get the graceful garland for your head and the pin it around your neck. Which of these four do you need to practice the most? Pick one. Don't just go through the motions. Just say, okay, God, let me lock in on one of those and let me do something about it starting this afternoon. Now, I want you to look at the clear board behind me. We honor our parents in different ways, different life stages. So I want you to think with me about this. Give me some words or short phrases. Uh, what's the best way, what is a way for us to honor our parents when we're children? Tell me, tell me some words. Tell me some phrases. All right, I heard obey a bunch of times. Anything else? All right, listen. Respect. All right, let's move to teens. What's what's the best way for teens? What's a way for teens? What do you do? All right, ditto. Anything else? All right, submit. Anything else there? What's that? I, I missed it. What was that? When they want you to be quiet, be quiet. All right, all right. All right, how about young adults? Young adults, what are they supposed to do? Did I hear move out? Okay, what, what else do they need to do? All right. Remember, I don't have enough room for this, how... You are were raised. Yeah, that's good. What else? I'm sorry. One at a time. All right, love them. All right, honor. Honor. Okay, that's good. All right, let's go down thirties and forties. Now, now, now we're stepping on toes, right? Because that's where a lot of us are in the room. How do you do when you're in your thirties and forties? (laughs) Teach (laughs) next generation. All right. So, teach what you were taught if it was good, right? Stay connected. Anything else? Give back. Get eye contact, that's good. Anything else? All right, boundaries. Yep. Some of, the, some of us don't have parents, right? They go, you never, you, well, yeah, okay. 50s and 60s, what do we do? <laughs> Be patient. All right, what else? Serve, all right, visit. Take care. care. Sure. Honor and respect. I think honor and respect can kind of go all the way through, Right? Okay, let's say 70s. Some of you might be in your 70s, and your parents are still around. But let's say your parents have gone. All right, they're, they're they've died. So 70s on, because see, you still have a responsibility to honor your parents, even if they're gone. How do you do that? All right, so you remember them. All right, <laughs> don't bad mouth. All right, carry on their mission. Leave the legacy. All right, you guys are good. I don't even know why I prepared a message. All right, be thankful. Boy, and I think be thankful, that covers it all, right? Forgive covers it all. <laughs> it's true, right? Because nobody here had a perfect mom and dad. So there are going to be things that you'll have to forgive. That doesn't mean that you don't still need to create a good boundary, too. Sometimes that's necessary. You've got to find the best and most appropriate ways to honor your parents because every person's different. Every parent is different. So you've got to figure out what is going to make my parents feel honored. Remember your parents' birthdays. Call them. Talk to them. Give them credit whenever, wherever you can. Say, you know, here's one great thing that you taught me. I want to thank you for that. Forgive them. Take them on vacation. Take them out to eat. Cut their grass. Pay for a massage. If anybody wants to text Alan, Ryan, and Evan, tell them about that, that's fine. That's will be okay with me. Those are our kids. Proverbs 15, 20, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. You know, Proverbs is filled with instructions for kids' responsibilities to parents, for adult children's responsibilities to parents. And you know, if you read the book of Proverbs wrongly, if when it talks about our relationships at home, you come to the conclusion that it's just telling you, do more, try harder, because you stink, then you kind of missed the whole point. See, all of the commandments... And principles and behaviors in Proverbs and in the whole Bible are designed to make us turn away from ourselves and come to Christ. Because what happens is you measure yourself by the commands in the book of Proverbs or any place else in the Bible, and you're gonna see that you come up short. And you're gonna see, I need someone besides myself to save me. So you've already seen Jesus as our example. You know, as I look at my life and I compare it to this little list, childlike submission, servant heart response, kingdom first focus, and a caregiver's provision, I realize Jesus did this perfectly. And I realize that, man, I got a problem because I don't measure up, and I'm guessing I'm not alone in this room. I have too often failed to honor my father and mother this way. That means I have broken one of the Ten Commandments many, 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 many times, and so have you. And in fact, I've broken more than just one. And so have you. Because we're all lawbreakers. And that means we need Jesus. Because he's the one that shows us how to live. If you try to stand before God because you're good enough, you will fall. So Jesus is our example and Jesus is our forgiver. Why did Jesus die on a cross? It's because sin had to be paid for so it could be forgiven. And Jesus wants you to be forgiven. So Jesus died on a cross in your place. You should have been hanging on the cross paying for your own sin. But Jesus died. Why? To pay for all of your back talk to mom and dad. To pay for all the times that you lied to them to protect yourself. To pay for your disrespectful attitude that you know better than they do. He died a dishonorable death because we dishonored our mothers and fathers. And more. So he's waiting on you to repent and come to him. And when you repent and believe the good news that Jesus loved you enough to die for you, then you're forgiven. Jesus is our example, he's our forgiver, and he's our strength. Jesus not only died on the cross, he rose again, he ascended into heaven. And what he does next is he sends his Holy Spirit to come and live inside us to give us the power and the ability and the might to actually do the things that we talked about today. Because there will be many times you won't want to do it. You won't want to call your mother. You won't want to cut the grass. You won't want to be kind or to forgive You'll want to do anything but any of that stuff. And you need a supernatural strength to be able to get it done. And that's what Jesus has done when he ascended into heaven and gave us his Holy Spirit. So that we could live up. We could live above the line. We could actually live in quadrant two to follow his example. Because when you yield to the Holy Spirit, you're empowered. And you can actually have holy, healthy, and happy relationships at home. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. For it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So I don't know what your response is today. Maybe today you're supposed to receive Jesus as your example and your forgiver and your strength. You can't do it by yourself. And this is the day for you to actually say yes to Christ. And on the screen in the program is a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a commandment breaker. I've not honored my parents as you commanded. And worse, I've not honored you. I've sinned. I'm sorry. Today I receive Jesus as my forgiver. I believe he died on the cross in my place to pay the penalty for my sin. He rose from the grave. Give me more and more strength to live like Jesus lived from this day forward. And maybe that's your prayer that you need to pray today, quietly, silently, right in your heart, right now, even while I'm talking. You pray that prayer. And if you do, there's a card in the seat in front of you. You can check the box. I responded today because we would love to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. Some of you, you need to just, (laughs) this afternoon, somehow, write a note to your mom and dad. Call them on the phone. Take them out for coffee. Go over to their house. I will ask my mom or my dad to forgive me for the ways I've not honored them. Start right there. Just ask for forgiveness. And maybe some of you, I will seek to honor and serve my parents in a practical way this week by praying for them, by blessing them in a tangible way, or by eating a meal with them. You know, several weeks ago, Chad, Pastor Chad asked us, you know, you need to um, read your Bible and pray every day. So why not just pray for your mom or your dad during that time? You know, you need to uh, bless two people, one inside the church, one outside the church, every week. Well, why not... Bless your mom or your dad this week. Or you need to eat with two people outside the church, one outside and one inside every week. Well, why not make that your mom or your dad? Hear my son, your father's instruction. And do not forsake your mother's teaching. Why? For they will be A graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. If you honor your parents, you will be honored. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you've given us an opportunity to be together today to think about something so foundational for human society, but it's so near and dear to your heart that you sent Jesus here to show us how to do it. And then to die on the cross because we didn't do it. And then to send his spirit to enable us to do it. So God, we thank you for Christ. We thank you for this call. We thank you for this reminder. Help us to live up. And in doing so, help us to experience a surprising benefit of honoring mom and dad. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.